0: Are you tired of putting yourself last? Of taking care of everybody else's needs and powering through to meet the next set of impossible standards? In our fast-paced society, we lose touch with our intrinsic worth, with the ability to value ourselves for who we are right now. Instead of living life exhausted, frustrated and disconnected from your authentic self, maybe it's time to put yourself back in the life you've worked so hard to create. Join radio host and life choreographer, Laura Cheadle and learn how to build your dreams and Live your sparkle using the five steps of Flaunt: find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth.
1: Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Build your dreams and live your sparkle. I'm Lauri Cheadle, and you know we're going to talk about decisions today. And I know a lot of you out there make decisions all day long, every single day. But I've got a question for you. How many of you think about the process of making decisions? It's my guess that not a lot of you actually think about the process of making decisions. What kind of reasoning you might be using to make those decisions? If you're making them rationally, you know, intellectually, if you're making them emotionally, it's my guess that most of you just go along in your everyday life and things come up and you make decisions. Well, today, lucky for you, we have got C. Almond Scott. She is a doctor of psychology, and she is phenomenal. You would not believe what this woman knows about human nature, about decisions, about leave learning your best life, about leading the way that you live instead of just having your life unfold kind of without thought. And today I've got her on my show and as usual we will discuss the five steps of flaunt but we will also discuss her new book and we will talk about making decisions and designing your life. So welcome to the show Dr. C. How are you today? Hi,
2: Laura. I'm doing great. And it's a real pleasure to be with a woman after my own heart. I appreciate where you're coming from as well. And yes, I love human behavior and I've been studying it for decades. And uh, I hope to shed some light on things and show people just how the brain is wired to make poor decisions and how they can make better decisions from here forward.
1: Absolutely. I think all of the listeners are really looking forward to that. So let's kind of start at the beginning of that. What is
2: a decision? What is a decision? Well, it's a it's a crossroads where you can make a choice choices and decisions are similar i don't usually use the word interchangeably but um very often we're faced with are we going to go this way or go this way are we going to say yes or are we going to say no are we going to uh pursue this dream or are we not going to pursue this dream Are we going to buy this car or are we going to take the bus? Are we going to rent or buy a home? There are so many decisions in our life. And um, a lot of times people are unaware of how their mind is hijacking them and often not paying homage to all the important aspects of the decision itself. Right.
1: Thank you for that. Because I, you know, I wanted to clarify for listeners that we decide things all the time, whether to sit on the left side of the conference room table or the right side of the conference room table, obviously, is a fairly insignificant decision. But at the same time, it's a decision and all day long, we are making decisions whether they are major and life changing, or whether they are small. So thank you for that. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's true
2: that there are many scientists that say we make over 40,000 decisions a day. And I mean, yes, a lot of those are not very conscious. We're making a lot of subconscious and unconscious decisions but nevertheless they're still decisions and when you really start to think about things like should i sit on the right side of the conference table or the left side i mean i i've actually broken my life down to those kind of decisions to where uh i do a lot of celebrity interviews and i i know which is my better side Mm -hmm. and i side I'm going to part my hair on and I know how I'm going to have a better camera angle. And, you know, we, we can break that all down because sometimes when we feel better showing one side, we're going to give a better performance and we're going to be less self-conscious and we need to always be setting ourselves up to win. We always set ourselves up to, you know, stack the deck in our favor. That is really important. And there's a lot in the book in the in the last third about stacking the deck in your favor, because a lot of times when you're going through my decision-making process, you may find that you don't like the calculated risks and you really want to say yes. You really <laughs> want to move forward because that's how great things in this life happen. That's how we set ourselves apart. That's, that's where greatness begins. But when you're, when you're considering the kind of decision, well, should I marry this person or not? It's not, would I be great if I marry this person or not? That is, that is not what it is. And so often people think it is. When you're making a decision for yourself, it's not really the same as making a decision where others are concerned. And you have to, at that point, also notice their human behavior in calculating that, that outcome and that decision. And Are we going to go or are we going to say no?
1: I really like that. That gives me pause to think about because you're right, there is kind of the difference between self decision for yourself and something involving others. That's, that's interesting to think about. Yeah. Now you said earlier that sometimes our brain hijacks our decisions. I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Unfortunately, we become overly emotional at times.
2: And we overweight certain parts of the decision and don't pay enough attention to other things that are really valid and must be considered. And a lot of times we're lazy in the way we make a decision and we will heavily weight the things that are right in front of us that are obvious and then not consider the things that are maybe not as obvious at that moment. But, Every bit is relevant and possibly even more relevant. One thing that really drives me crazy, we can talk about the ego a little bit if you like, Laura. We can also talk about fault decision-making that is absolutely detrimental, not only to you yourself, but to society. It can be really negative, groupthink. There are other aspects of decision making like justification that can also be extremely terrible for your long-term results your outcomes in life if you're always justifying things then you get a self you know a little smugness a little um, self-validation out of that but are you really serving yourself are you serving others are you serving the planet what are you here to do? Do you want to just validate yourself, and make yourself feel good in the moment and say, I was right, that that felt right? Or, you know, because I got to tell you, with those decisions, do you usually find out a day, a week, that that was probably a dumb thing to do? Right. But, you know, there, there are so many to it and when you really like you said break it down when you break it down into human behavior and what are your outcomes what are you trying what is your big picture that you're trying to create in this life that's what you've got to consider and is every little decision leading you an inch towards your goal or is it taking you sideways or backwards and what we want to do is we want to consciously make our decisions so that we know we're going forwards, we're getting closer, we're getting closer to the goal, we're getting closer to that greatness where other people benefit. That's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to make decisions where we validate ourselves and, you know, where we, we make our emotions feel better and we need to be bigger than that. We need to be bigger in order to have great results.
1: Right. Okay. So you mentioned ego, and you also mentioned um, justification. What's the difference between making an egocentric decision and um, justifying something?
2: There's a there's a definite overlap. So let's talk about the ego for just a second, uh, which is fascinating, by the way. Of course, of course, I think psychology is fascinating. <laughs> it Even is. So- I I would hope that your listeners are loving getting to know themselves better and also getting to recognize things in other people better because when you do this, you do become a better decision maker in your outcome. Let's talk about the ego then for just a second. The ego is some people believe a good thing, but it's it's really just a really nasty part of your psyche that is trying to protect you. But what it does is not protect you. It's trying to keep you small. It's trying to keep you safe. It's trying to keep you from making a fool of yourself. It's trying to keep you from stretching to the great person you could be. And, and, you know, I think I said it well when I said small. But now at least you know what what I mean by small. Right. Right. So the ego needs to be noticed And it needs to be put down. We need to stop the ego every chance we get. Because it's always going to interfere with us living our best life. And I know that's what your show is about. Yes. Really become conscious when the ego is trying to keep us safe and trying to keep its status quo. And not let us move forward with the things that are in our in our soul that we want to express those things don't get expressed when the ego has its way so it's very important that we recognize that and with justification justification is when we see a reason to do something Uh, you can justify for instance buying a car let's let's say you're a realtor, okay? I'm just making this up as I go along. Right. You're a realtor. And your image has to be really great. So you're going to go out and buy a Mercedes because you want your clients to drive around in that Mercedes with you and know that you are a successful realtor and that you get things done and that you're a powerful person. Well, if you can't afford that Mercedes, are justifying using some reasons to do something that you really should not be doing. You really need to come to that greatness and make that impression on your clients in another way that you can afford. So that would be a prime example of justification. That
1: makes perfect sense. Thank you for that. Okay, so we've got the ego to kind of overcome. We need to notice if we're justifying something or if we're really making um, a decision that is analytical, that is thoughtful, that is correct for us. And then you had also mentioned groupthink. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Okay, groupthink is scary. And
2: you may notice that... In society, people will repeat things mindlessly, whether they know that it's true or not. Uh, It goes on a lot in colleges. People just mindlessly repeat things because some intellectual said it. They don't really do their own fact-checking. They don't really know the truth of the matter. They don't really know if they're harming anybody, but so often... Groupthink does have some sort of an altruistic underpinning to it where you're making yourself feel good and you feel like you're part of something that is meaningful, but really there are probably more reasons why you should not sign on to this belief system. And with groupthink, you're just basically allowing yourself to succumb to what the group wants, and um, a lot of experiments have been done, human uh, behavior experiments, where where you'll have a subject walk into a room with some research confederates, and a research somebody who's planted there to try to see if they can get you to behave a certain way. So you can walk into a room as the subject, and you've got some research confederates there, and you're having a discussion. And they're telling you that two and two is five. And at first you say, you know, that's pretty basic math. Two and two is four. And they say, no, no, two and two is five. Um, You know, we did it here. We did it there. Um, These really important people say that two and two is five. And, you know, you just got to believe it. Well, Laura, you would not believe how many people will just go down the road that two and two equals five. 30% at least will just allow being a part of that group and not not arguing, not being different. And when people don't think for themselves and don't check out facts, they make terrible decisions. And groupthink is so dangerous because... So many people turn out with this same idea, this same belief system, and they mutter the same things over and over and over, and they never checked it out, don't know whether it's true or not, but they just keep enrolling more and more people in this belief system that can be very, very bad. And um, one of the places that you see it very often is in politics. Oh, absolutely. People will say things over and over. If you watch the news, you can hear the talking points. And what they're trying to do is convince the viewer at home watching the news, they keep hearing the same thing over and over and over. If they, if they say this is an existential thing, threat this is an you're at like 15 times in an hour and you'll start to believe oh my gosh this is an existential threat well what if it's not an existential threat and if you just simply could follow the money and see who gets rich on this thing that they're trying to perpetuate then if you knew the truth of the matter you would say oh shame on them they're trying to convince me that this is an existential threat which is the same thing as two plus two equals five. So right. they kind of get get my example. And we all need to check things out, think for ourselves. And when we're t- told something, we don't need to be disrespectful. Um, people tell me things that are true all the time. I'll just say, "Oh, that's interesting." And if I know that we're not going anywhere and we're not going to argue, I just say, "Oh, that's interesting," and I change the subject but if if trying to convince you of something that isn't true to get the truth of the matter you definitely don't want to perpetuate things that are not true that could actually be detrimental to yourself others or the planet we have to be careful we have to think for ourselves we have to do our own research we can't Mm -hmm. trust what everybody says trust is earned
1: Yes. So why do you think so many people have a hard time thinking for themselves and making decisions for themselves? Well, it's, it's human nature. First of all, we are wired that way. And
2: the truth is people want to trust other people. People want to belong to a group, especially when they believe that they're doing something good. They want to belong and if they can justify things, you know, the thing I can't understand is how anybody can think they're doing a good thing by justifying violence or, or, you know, you really need to, you really need to look more into your soul. The answers are within you. You must look within your soul and ask yourself, does it really make sense that violence could be a good thing in order to demonstrate the point you want to make. And I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, naturally, if someone is attacking you and you feel your life is worth preserving, you're going to, you're going to fight. But right. to start a, a fight, yeah.
1: that's quite another, another issue. Yeah, absolutely. So, so for the listeners who are out there thinking, oh, this is a little new to me. I do want to have a better life. I do want to make higher quality decisions. What are some of the steps that they can take to start noticing their ego, noticing if they're justifying something, you know, noticing if they're falling into groupthink and making some more high quality decisions and thinking for themselves. Well, first, first, Laura, I want to say, I know your audience is intelligent
2: and I know that they're accomplished, and I know that they have done great things. And I'm, I'm grateful for all those things. I'm grateful for, for all the things that were part of the solution on the planet and not part of the problem. But we also have to realize that we all are human. So it's really important that you read the first section of this book where you start to recognize all the times that you're not making the right decision it's the distinctions are all pretty laid out in the book and the examples are there and you can really start to understand how to be a good critical thinker using research analysis reasoning and evaluating instead of just simple things like deductive reasoning or abductive reasoning or interim agreement and learn about how the brain works a little bit I mean you're not going to become a neuroscientist if you read this book but you're going to have just enough knowledge so that you can catch yourself if you are falling into say the cost sunk effect let me tell you what the cost sunk effect is because there's a lot of justification in it and there's a lot of reasoning in it but it is faulty reasoning
1: ah so let's say
2: Let's say your friends say let's go to a casino. You you're you're there for the weekend for a wedding or whatever it is. And some of your friends get together and they say, "Hey, let's let's go hit the casino after dinner." So what you need to do if you're going to go to a casino is since it is a risky situation and you can't really always calculate your risks, you don't know whether you'll win or lose. Right. Uh, if you do know then you're counting cards. That's another you no, know, that's <laughs> something I, don't, I don't get into too much. I don't get into, you know, the criminal aspect of of this but but anyway, let's say you're going and and i'll say to myself okay the cost of my entertainment is going to be a hundred dollars okay i don't want to lose more than a hundred so i'll just go and i'll gamble with my friends and we'll see what happens well anyway some people don't go thinking off the bat they just pull a hundred dollars out of their pocket and they throw it on red or black and they lose their money and then they say to themselves wow I that that was a fifty fifty proposition. I should pull another hundred out of my out of my wallet, and I should try to win that back. Now, this is when the, cost, the cost sunk effect is coming in because you see where you're justifying that you need to get your money back, right. But these actions very often result in a larger loss, and so it's really. Actually, unacceptable to double down, but but so often people double down, and their cognitive dissonance explains a little bit of why fixing the original intent can relieve some mental distress. So that is that is something people do all the time. They feel invested in something, and they, even though they can see that this may not end well. They'll go ahead because they're already somewhat invested in their resources, in their time, in their money. They're in some way invested. And this is just one of, you know, 15 or 20 of these little distinctions. And when people see what they're doing, then they can stop doing that in the future. So that, I think, is really important that they start to recognize that. So. Yeah. So that is, that is one thing. And then if we're going to talk about the steps of making a great decision, we have to consider what's in our heart, oh, what's yeah. in our mind. We're capable of what it is that we're trying to accomplish. Are we taking a stand for the kind of thing that we want to see in the world? Um, are we doing this with integrity? Because if you're not using integrity, at the end of the day, things are not going to go well. And you're not going to be smelling good at the end of the day. So we always that. And uh, so often people make a decision by default by not making a decision on time. Yes, they miss an opportunity, they can miss the boat. They may still catch the dinghy, but they miss the boat. Yes. And, um, you know, that's a shame. So you have to do that. And gosh, definitely you must listen to your intuition. And in order to listen to your intuition, it's really important that you can, you know, distinguish what is really in your heart and soul from little voices are telling you that may not be guiding you properly because so often people people are justifying or they are listening to the little voice of their ego and they think that that is what's in their soul but that is not where it's coming from. So I've got some processes in this book. And have I mentioned the name of the book for Pete's sake? It's Decide Your Future, Right, Direct, and Star in Your Life. It's an Amazon bestseller. You can go on Amazon.com right now. But um, anyway, you must be able to recognize the intuition. You must be able to recognize yes. what, what that sounds like when you think you're hearing your intuition you're really hearing your ego or some other uh, some other voices that you've come from the past that somebody told you that may not even be true anyway yeah
1: and i think that is so common between the intuition and the ego you know so many people will do this combination justification ego song and dance about how this is really the best thing to do and it's just not and i and i do understand sometimes that's a difficult call to make is this my intuition or is this my ego do you have any tips that you can give listeners for making sure that what they're hearing that still small voice inside truly is their intuition well
2: i think first in order to be able to recognize that you have to know what it feels like when you're meditating and when you're at peace because if you're not at peace you're probably having a lot of ideas and concepts pop in your head that are not particularly welcome at yeah. the time. And we don't want to mistake those, which is what we're saying. So first of all, you really have to learn how to meditate. And I do go into a clear pro- process of how to do that very simply. And meditation does take some time. Pro- uh, pro- um, sorry practice <laughs> so um, so anyway you must you must practice it so that you know what it feels like when it's right yes and when you get to that feeling and that knowingness within yourself that you have achieved a place where it's a pure place then you can you can start to use your intuition much better so that is definitely outlined perfectly word for word in the book so you can't misunderstand but it right. is it is not a process unfortunately that I can I can do in an hour yes I oh, wow. have had large, large groups of people where we have meditated and lots of them for the first time and they've said wow that was so great I get it. <laughs> if, I, if I tell your audience to okay we're all going to be quiet we're all going to close our eyes that wouldn't be much of a show.
1: Right. And for the people who yes. are driving, that would be a problematic. So let's not go there. <laughs> but that does Absolutely. make sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Know, knowing where you're peaceful. And we know
2: that self-improvement does, self-improvement does take place while you're driving in your car or wherever you are, wherever you can fit it. So yeah, not necessarily appropriate at at this time, but uh, I do have a, a guided meditation on my YouTube channel, oh, cool. and uh, if you want to go there uh, when you're sitting at your computer or something like that, you can do that. Um, that I also be have, I also have some other resources in the book where you can just go to my free things like learning how to write your own affirmations or. Um, writing a purpose statement for yourself to keep yourself aligned with where you really truly want to go and who you truly want to be. So all that is in the book. All that is in the book. And um, when you do the decision-making process, the seven steps, not only – Will you love your decision at the end of that? You're not going to waffle on it. You okay. are not going to change your mind. And that's really that's really part of the decision-making process. You think you've made your decision, but then you start second-guessing yourself, and your decision really isn't made. Oh, exactly. Uh, and that happens to people all the time. So it's really important that when you do come to your conclusion that you – say, okay, stick a fork in me, I'm done, I got it, I'm not going to change my mind. Yeah. Um, I, I have interviewed over 20,000 people, Laura, on the East Coast, the West Coast, the Midwest, all people that wanted a committed relationship.
1: Uh-huh. I
2: have become um, a relationship expert. And I have to tell you this. Um, people have justified so much of marrying people that they don't stay married to. And yes. they all knew, they all knew on some level that there was a problem. Yeah. With women. So often they say, I'm going to marry him and I'm sure it'll get better. I can yes. change him a little bit. I can train him. You know what? If they don't want to be trained, they're not going to be trained. And, and, When you're there signing your divorce papers, you're Mm -hmm. thinking to yourself, wow, I really couldn't do that. I really couldn't make another person do what I wanted them
1: to do. Right. And, And you know, you talked about integrity. There is really, truly no integrity in changing another person, too. Even if you're changing them for the better, even if you have something to offer them that truly could benefit their life, you can't change another person. And there really is no integrity in that. So I see how that comes into play on a couple of different areas.
2: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. A couple for sure. And then some. Oh, yeah. So, so, so you know, that's, that's kind of in the vein of what I'm talking about, if that's making sense to you.
1: Yes, it does. It absolutely does. Now, here's another question about that, too. I love how you talk about making decisions that we are confident in, that we can stand in our decisions and say, you know what? I thought through everything. I was in a calm-centered place. I made a decision. But sometimes decisions that we make for the right reasons, with the right thought, don't always turn out the way that we think or hope or want them to turn out. And... Sometimes that's okay. You know, sometimes the best gifts, the best benefits come unexpectedly. But do you have any tips for people who really do make a high-quality decision that they are really confident in that then just blows up in their face?
2: I'm oh, here the end of the question. Do I have tips for people that, uh, that, that make a high-quality
1: Yeah, that make a high-quality decision that ends up blowing up in their face.
2: Ooh, okay
1: um i suppose
2: that could happen i can honestly tell you if you do the seven steps i highly doubt it's going to blow up your, in your face but if something happens outside of your out, outside of your realm of knowledge that changes everything tomorrow and it blows up in your face right. it was not meant to be it was not meant to be. And there are so many times in this life where we have to accept what is. And it's the serenity prayer, Laura. It is that thing where you have to know what you are capable of changing and what you're not capable of knowing or changing and the wisdom to know the you know, so if that should happen you know what, you had a learning experience in doing what it was that you did and implementing what that decision was. You had a learning experience. And that is valuable. You have to take that knowledge and embrace it and be grateful for it. And if it didn't work out, you have to say, hey, I tried this and I won't try that again, but I had a great learning experience. And you know, so often, Laura, people t- take those negatives and turn them into positives. They really yes. do. Yeah. And you just have to. And if we can, if we can keep our emotions at bay, where we manage our emotions and we don't become overly emotional, but we still, we still have human emotions, of course. I would never tell anybody to stuff them. But um, if we can manage our emotions and be mature people, we can really be that is a good thing we don't have to be woe is me everything in my life is wrong oh my gosh this is oh my gosh i did it again oh that is where you don't want to go right (laughs) you have to say wow wow that was really interesting and i might have lost some money or i might have lost this or that but what did i gain and what can i do with this you know, I got a great story. I wasn't going to tell this story. I haven't told it. Ever. I haven't told uh, this is a great story. I had this friend who was a uh, a commodities trader in the pits in Chicago. And, um, you know, they, they go down there and they fight for what they want. And they're trying to make money. And they're throwing around large sums of money on commodities. And sometimes they get burned, and sometimes they go cha-ching, ching and woo, do they make money. Oh, yeah. Very high-stress job. And it's like musical chairs. Whoever's holding a turd when the buzzer goes at the end of the day loses. Yeah. Okay? So, so my friend always says, you have to learn to massage the turd so okay so you got a picture it's a little like musical chairs that's what i say but what he calls it is massaging the turd so at the end of the day you're holding you're holding this stinking turd you did your best you know but you're holding a stinking turd and you don't know what to do with this you know you tomorrow's another day you massage right. the turd. He always says, massage the turd. Love the turd. Embrace the turd. And maybe by tomorrow morning, you'll know exactly the reason that you have that turd in your hand. Exactly. And you'll you'll be able to do something magnificent with that turd. But... You've got to be able to be with the turd, accept the circumstances for now, and figure it out. And if you're if you're yelling, "Woe is me!" and "Oh my God!" and "No, no, no," that's exactly when you don't figure out what to do with that turd, right? So you need to say, "Okay, I got this turd. Mm-hmm. I could make you know turd sandwiches, and I could make a million dollars with this turd." You yeah. know, you have to have a, a positive attitude for that turd massage the turd and life turns around it just yes. does yes and when you start to do this over and over you realize that attitude attitude is everything laura
1: oh you my know? goodness yes <laughs> <laughs> yes it is and and that's kind of a perfect you know the attitude is everything is kind of the perfect segue into going a little bit deeper with you and sharing a little bit with the listeners about some of the things that get you excited. And you already mentioned that you love psychology. You love the human brain. Um, But as you know, my show is about the five steps of flaunt, which stand for find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative and trust in your truth. And in your work and in your book, you bring so much flaunt to readers, to listeners. You know, looking through your website, whether it's about traveling and how to pack or doing your celebrity interviews or teaching about the brain, you just bring so much to other people. So my question to you is, what is your fetish? What is that thing that lights you up? Because you're so vast and you're so diverse. What is it that you love the absolute most around all of this?
2: Okay, well, I guess I'd have to boil it down to my purpose statement. But I just have to say that I have been very, very blessed, Laura. I've been blessed to have my eyes opened and to be an extremely aware person. When I realized in my 20s that I was sleepwalking a little bit about certain things, I just slapped myself and woke up. Sure. And I become conscious and aware of things. And your life becomes so much better when you're conscious and aware. But the thing that I love the most the most is allowing others, you know, and facilitating in others a way that they can have their best body, mind, and spirit. I just want everybody to have an optimal existence in body, mind, and spirit. But they are. They are spiritual beings. You don't have to, um, you know, be a a Bible thumper or, or talk about God all the time to be a spiritual being. You don't even have to say the word God. Right. But you are a spiritual being. And and some people think they're more spiritual than other people. Some people think they're not spiritual. But the truth is, we're all absolutely spiritual beings. No one is really more spiritual than the next person. But we are all just having a spiritual experience in a human body right now. And uh, we may go back to being spirits after this. And without a body, it's going to be easy to get away from the fears that we yes. experience on the planet. But, um, you know, I don't want to get too much into all that because I like to talk about things that I absolutely know.
1: <laughs> absolutely. No, that's perfect. But it sounds like you went... You know, I'm a if I
2: talking too much about that but i can i can help people have a better spirit and teach them how to enjoy their spirit while they're in their human existence and that's part of attitude is everything of course yeah if we're not expressing if we're not expressing what's in our soul if we're not living that life then we're not gonna we're not gonna have that joy of the spirit we're not gonna have it so um the travel the travel comes about out of my love for the planet, my love, I just want to see the whole planet. I want to yes. see everything. Yes, I've been to seven continents. Yes, I've been places that a lot of people haven't been. There are a few places I haven't been that I still would like to go. Uh, and uh, I like to take people on my journey a little bit because if they see something that they might really like, they might want to go there and experience it themselves and one thing you have to know if you've traveled the world as extensively as i have and i'm in the traveler center club and that you have to before they even let you join you have to go visit a hundred countries but um if you see the world you start to realize what things in the in the world work and what things in the world are not working yeah and and you you know you Come back to the United States. I know you've got Canadian listeners, too. And, and this will
1: apply to Canada. Yeah. But and I'm a lot in of Indian listeners. I've got a ton of uh, women from India who listen to my show as well.
2: Oh, well, that's, that's awesome. I have uh-huh. a lot of Indian friends, and I just actually went to India in January. It was fantastic. Yes, it is. But uh, and 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 I love what they teach as well. It's it's extremely valuable. But you you know to learn all of this and to appreciate it and pick all, all the best things out and to see what does work in this life. Um, you know, I'm sure the Indian women would say, "Well, the caste system is unfair," and the, you know there are a lot of things about Indian culture that need correction there are things in their government just like things in our government just like things in the canadian government that could be corrected but when you see when things are working you should notice what that is and don't just listen to the group think of why that works really break it down and see why it why it works because people don't understand. Um, there was a study recently that people loved socialism, but they couldn't define what it is. What it was, yes. So how, do you, how do you, why don't you travel the world, see how it works, and then decide if you like it, how to do good research online and see what the truth of that is. Because the Scandinavian countries, the Scandinavian countries where most Americans are believing that socialism exists, that is just a very pure form of capitalism. And yes, they do have social programs, but we have a lot of social programs. There's already a lot of socialism here in this country. And people don't really know what it is to recognize it. So without me saying, is it good? Is it bad? You know, to be honest, I I could be really pure of mind and just tell you there is no right or wrong. There are only consequences. Right. So um, I would just say people really need to learn how to open their eyes, see the world. And I mean, there's a lot lot of beauty out there. Yes, there is. It's a wonderful journey. I, I love the travel. I'm relaunching my brand. If you go to jetsatphd.com, you can see a website I created a while back, and I haven't done anything with it. But that, that people, we're going to really turn that out. Um, I've got it. I, Hundreds and hundreds of celebrity interviews where I talk to them about their secrets to success. I talk about different places and great things you can see and things that you can do. And I try to put it in a bite-sized morsel so you can eat it like a cookie and devour it kind of quick and make an opinion. Maybe you'll see something that you love and you want to go there on a, on a trip or oh, yeah. maybe maybe you'll just learn something something new in a minute or two. Right.
1: So wow, I would try that.
2: I would yeah. try
1: that. That's Absolutely. Kind of exciting. So so really love it. So your fetish really is helping other people wake up the same way you have woken up. And then the next step is laughing out loud. What are some of the things that really make you laugh that you just really enjoy that you feel joyful? Well, I have to tell you honestly, I really love to laugh. Um,
2: I'm not sure my husband loves to laugh as much as I do. I'm am, I'm also a clown. I am really a true clown. I clown around a lot. I love physical comedy. Uh, yes. I I love I love comedy in general. I I love to laugh at myself. If you can't laugh at yourself, I think you need to put your ego on vacation a little bit we all do silly things and we've all made mistakes and if we like you say accept it uh-huh. if you accept it own it if you can own it then it makes it possible to laugh at yourself
1: So talking about accepting, that's perfect because the next step in flaunt is accept unconditionally. I'd like to know first, what is one of the most difficult things you have had to accept, whether it's personally or in business? Wow. Well, honestly, I've had a
2: certain amount of pain um, by... Uh, about 11 I guess it was around 11 years ago my husband was diagnosed with um, multiple sclerosis and my husband's a very brilliant accomplished surgeon and seeing that he could not keep up his intense schedule of working 80 hours a week and operating at all hours and answering the phone all night and not sleeping and 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 kind of losing on the career he loved with all of his heart. He wanted to be a surgeon when he was six years old. I mean, that, that's that been a little bit difficult, but by accepting it, embracing the turd, he's very busy now with other things, and he lives a much healthier life. He sleeps more, obviously. He has more opportunity to care for himself. Uh, but... Um, that that was a matter of I remember seeing how how absolutely devastated he was when he found out and I just remember being there and accepting it and saying if this was me in his shoes I would need my spouse to accept this I would need them to be the rock and say it's going to be okay honey so that's what I did that's what I did and that was a good moment in my life. That's that's uh, <laughs> that was a good moment in my life where I did not freak out, and I just I just was, you know, say I'm I'm here with you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Right. So yeah, everybody rainfall in their life. Everybody will always. Nobody's. And, and the truth is, you see certain people on television or in films, and you think wow, what a great life. What if I was that person or, or, you know. The truth is, are they really happier than you? And I'm just not sure that people are happier. I think there's a sliding scale and we all can experience intense joy and we can all experience um, moments of, of pain and disappointment. And I
1: think it's really the same whether wherever you put the decimal point. Right. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I also think there is such a vast, a, a wide variety of things that are moving to people and certain things. You know, sometimes people are more moved by music and hearing something beautiful is the be all end all pinnacle of joy for them. I'm thinking specifically of a friend I've got who's a singer songwriter and the joy she experiences in music is palpable and it's, it's wonderful. I am that way about movement. It's dance for me and it's, it's just different. It's not good, bad, it's just different. Sure, I love to dance, too. It is is a joyful
2: experience. (laughs)
1: Yes, (laughs) No question about it. Oh, exactly. And that kind of moves right into that next step, um, is navigating the negative. And for me, it is dancing. I use dance to help me navigate the negative, to help me move my emotions through my body, to help me have that clear space so I can make better decisions what are some of the tools that you use to help you navigate the negative, you know, like with your husband? Oh, my, and that.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. First of all, I, I just have to say that if you read my book, you're going to na- navigate the negative. But there, there are some tools in there, uh, the affirmations, building your own affirmations, which um, is a free tool that comes in the book. Uh, you can start to build your affirmations and when you say affirmations, you can turn yourself around. You can turn a day where you've experienced some disappointment in one moment and just completely flip it. Um, I, I, do some, I do some of my own uh, antics when it comes to these moments. You get a phone call that you didn't like and you're like, oh, I worked on that so hard, I didn't get that, whatever. But... Um, you know I, I just like to turn things around sometimes i'll lay on the floor and just say i love dogs i love dogs yeah. and my dogs will just i got three three little papillons and they will just come and lick me and and uh, you know it's it's like it turns into a little love fest a little tickle fest and we have a good time and in that moment i just turn things around you have to be able to navigate the negative like you said wow that's terrific laura i love that but yeah i have my own little tools or or i'll say i love my life i love my life i love my life life." and then and then the next phone call i get in the next minute something great happens yeah so you have to you have to um ignite your energy find something that ignites that energy and bring a higher frequency and then Things start to happen on that frequency instead of on the lower frequency
1: that you don't yes. want to Yes. On. Yes. <laughs> that is so true. And then right. the very last question to close out the show is the T, which is trust in your truth. And it seems to me, see, from our whole show that you are so centered in your truth of being an awakened, alive being on this planet who is here to help others and to have fun and to bring joy everywhere you go. What do you feel is your highest truth and how do you constantly trust in that truth?
2: Well, I think because I, I, when I was born and when I grew up all the way through my undergraduate years, I think in some ways I was sleepwalking. I was missing a lot of things that were going on. I was living in kind of a dimension where, I, I mean, you've seen the matrix where they say, do you want to take the red pill or the blue pill? Yeah. I didn't know these pills existed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just getting through life and, you know, doing so with my ego and not knowing any better and not having a really full not having a really full understanding of how vast I really was as a person not really seeing it all not really feeling it all but you know having a lot of fun and uh enjoying life but not the way I do now it's it's a completely different feeling and I really had to step out and look for this stuff I really needed to be presented to me so that I could be hit in the head with it and I can say, Oh my gosh, if I go down this road, I'm gonna have such tremendous growth. Well, because I realize how much I missed in my first, let's say, twenty seven years when I when I really woke up, I just don't want people to have that kind of a life. Where, where they are experiencing life through circumstances and allowing the circumstances to pull them left and right. We have to be uh, proactive, and we need to make the circumstances, not allow the circumstances to drag us this way or that way. So I've been leaving breadcrumbs. My I, oh. I whole thing is, wow, if I had to come back, I'd want to find those breadcrumbs. So I'm treating my fellow beings the way I want to be treated. I'm putting it out there where you can't miss it and where it's obvious so that you can have a better life right now. Um, when I do wow. therapy with somebody, which is, which is not a service that I advertise, um, I fully believe that you can have a better life just even by using my free tools that are inside Your Future, right, direct and starting in your life. You'll have a better life just by using the free tools But I think that uh, until we know ourselves, we don't really have that life. And until we see ourselves for the incredible, powerful people that we are, we miss out on life and we're driven by circumstance around us and other people will determine our life instead of me determining what i want to do who i want to be what kind of a planet i want to live on because the planet i want to live on everybody is successful yeah everybody has achieved great things and people don't commit crimes because they have something to lose they would rather be doing something meaningful than something by default, which would be taking from somebody else. And I really see this planet as a possibility. And I don't think you can take away from somebody else to build somebody else up. And so I offer free tools so everybody can find their best self. And I, of course, gravitate to other people like you, Laura, who are doing things like this. Because you never know, maybe something I said today to one of your listeners who listens to you all the time, maybe I just said it a little differently than you said it, but they said, wow, and I then this it. week yeah. they'll be saying, well, they'll hear you say it in your words, and you'll and they'll say, oh, that's what Dr. C said last week. You just never know. And right. so we have to. We have to keep throwing these breadcrumbs out for people. We have to keep doing it because otherwise people
1: will not live their best life. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And like you said, for saying things in a different way for leaving those breadcrumbs out there. Um, Listeners, it's Dr. C. Allman Scott, and her book is Decide Your Future, Write, Direct, and Star in Your Life. And it is available on Amazon. Can you give us your website? You can always contact me at callman.com if you uh,
2: if you want to find me at c scott c i e scott s c o t t like the toilet paper tissues and towels. You can look there or jetsphd.com. That'll be redone in about a month. And I can't wait to unveil it for you because it's going to be a lot of great information.
1: Perfect. So listeners, have a fantastic week. Make amazing decisions this week. Check out Dr. C's book online. And as usual, don't forget to flaunt.
0: Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams. Live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Come release self judgment, reveal your naked self worth, and re choreograph a life filled with joy. Flaunt. Find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more at lauracheadle.com. That's L O R A C H E A D L E.com come